everybody, I'm Marianne Katsidis, and this is the Heart-Led Changemaker Podcast. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where it felt so juicy and inspired that it left you feeling energized and ready to take on the world? There have been countless times I wished I could have recorded conversations like that because it felt criminal that no one else got to hear or experience that feeling. Those conversations ignite something inside of you because you visualize a new way to connect with others and sometimes even a new world. This show will provide you with ways to stay focused on the future, some food for thought, new ideas and concepts, a way to create abundance ethically, a showcase of those already doing the work and succeeding, and a sense of connection. Being a change maker can be very lonely, so this will serve as a community for heart-led warriors. Sit back and let this high-vibe, heartfelt conversation light you up. Corporate lawyer turned conscious leadership expert and women's empowerment advocate, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and leading authority on conscious leadership, Anjani Amrit went from crisis to contribution. After dedicating 20 years to the cause in top law firms in the UK and Australia, wrangling with the boys club mentality and with no personal strategies to manage the high-pressure environment, she burnt out. She retreated to India to eat, pray, love herself back to well-being, resurrecting the ruins of her career based on Eastern holistic practices. She retrained as a spiritual psychologist, Ayurvedic holistic wellness expert, meditation and yoga teacher and energy healer. Over the last decade, Anjani has worked with influential founders, leaders, politicians, ministers, judges, barristers, lawyers, executives, and teams across the globe, including the likes of Apple, Adobe, and Visa. Today, Anjani fuses Eastern spiritual practices with Western psychologies, training burned out, disillusioned leaders, entrepreneurs, public servants, executives, and teams in the art of conscious leadership. It is an absolute joy to have you with me, Anjani, today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm absolutely so excited to be here and have a conversation with you today. Beautiful. So uh, I think maybe a good start is what, you know, let's talk about your personal journey. I know you went on the Eat, Pray, Love mission to to really resurrect all of those components about, you know, the, the career that you had. But how did that end up leading you to be the entrepreneur that you are now? I um, spent a long time after I left my corporate legal job, like I literally walked away from everything I'd built. It was years in the making, years to study and years of training to be a corporate lawyer, years of working my way up to the top. And after I burnt out, I literally just walked away. I went to India on a retreat and had such profound experiences of the light that I'd never had before. I felt a deep connection to myself. I um, started to engage in certain practices, yogic practices that really shifted my health, my mental health, my well-being. And I had some really good 
realizations about who I really am and what I was here for. Yes. Knew that I had to retrain. So I actually set up my own law firm when I got back from India and worked for myself for a little while, knowing that I could support myself financially while I retrained. And I knew I wanted to retrain. And I kept getting all these synchronistic um, opportunities just coming in. You know, friends would say, why don't you look at Ayurvedic medicine? I'd never heard of it. I was like, wow, <laughs> had a look into that. And then, you know, it just so happened that the next intake was happening that month. And I applied, I got in to study Ayurvedic medicine. So, you know, it was things like that. It was many, many synchronicities. Um, I met a woman who was became my spiritual teacher, who was a former barrister. So that was freaky. And it was like, <laughs> wow. How often do you meet spiritual teachers who used to be barristers? So for me, that was comforting, you know, because I am very, um, I, I'm not skeptic, but I am, you know, I make sure that what I'm following suits me. So I am discerning in that way. So that was another synchronicity. So um, I studied for a long time and worked in my own business. I ran my own business and I felt very lucky at that time that I was able to do that. And then I just started giving back to other people just by donation. You know, I'd practice my energy healing that I was learning. I practice the Ayurvedic medicine principles um, and I do it by donation or for free just to get my hours in, my clinic hours in. Yes. And then from there, I had this natural ability. I realized that um, I was working intuitively. I didn't even know that. So I started leaning into that more and trusting myself and my psychic ability. So I was able to really feel what people were feeling. I was able to see what was going on with them, both medically, as well as mentally, emotionally, and on a soul level. And I just thought everyone could do that. I had no idea that a lot of people weren't tapped into that consciousness. So for me, it was very natural to then start to mentor people as well. And that's when my business really took off. And that's when I started charging people and officially, you know, putting the um, the front door sign on saying, okay, I'm officially, you know, um, a mentor. And if you want to come to me, if you've got health or well-being issues, if you, you know, it started off with health and well-being and then gradually went into coaching leaders and men uh, mentoring leaders teams in the corporate world and it was this natural progression really over you know I'd say a good four to five six years yes. um it evolved slowly um for me yeah absolutely and so I guess one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about and and one of the things we probably have in common is what it's like being an empath and someone with you know sensitivity in the in that corporate environment obviously you, you, you know, I understand that you were burnt out and that's what led to this, you know, beautiful journey that you're on now. I had that experience too. And I, I didn't understand that uh, the things, the challenges that I was facing were because of that sensitivity. I just thought I, I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't able to fit in, you know, all, all of those things. I felt like it was me, but it was me, but just because I was sensitive. So how... How do you find that now? Obviously, you're back in working with corporates and teams across the globe, but how do you how do you manage 
being sensitive in that way whilst working in those environments? And sub-question, how do you teach them to understand and be receptive to those who are a bit more sensitive and empathetic? Yeah, two really great questions. There's not enough spoken about being an empath and being as, as sensitive. And it's a big passion of mine to bring this more to um, the norm, to the narrative, because there are so many, I would say, in my experience, it's like a 50-50, you know, and a lot of people will say I'm an introvert, but actually they don't realize that they're a sensitive. So, you know, what that means is that you, you literally feel how other people are feeling. So for me, if someone has a tummy ache that is close to me, either physically or close to me emotionally, then I will feel a tummy ache. Yeah. And often I would have not understood that and felt like it was me, it was my issue. Yeah. But actually, in, in the when I was in corporate, I was not only experiencing my own fear. I was experiencing all the collective anxiety and pressure that my colleagues were having. And so for me, it was very damaging because it was like, you know, 10 times the amount. Yes. And I I didn't know that at the time. So I always felt like it was me that had the problem, that I was different, that I wasn't cut out for a corporate life. And, you know, it was only when I started learning about energy and chakras and auras and that we have subtle energy bodies an etheric body a catheric body and the differences to the physical body that I started having realizations and you know I really wished at that time that I had known that because perhaps I could have stayed in that role and um, done it in a way that was sustainable for me so getting to your sub question, how do, how do I do that for myself now? And how do I teach others? It's really about boundaries and I call it energetic boundaries. So our energy flows where our intention goes. So if we hold a strong enough intention that we have a protective shield around us, then that stops us from feeling other people's energy. So it's all about intention. So examples might be, when I'm going into the city, I will, as I'm going in there, if I'm taking public transport, I'm driving, I will literally intentionally put a golden crisscross mesh around me. So I might say gold, 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 and imagine a crisscross mesh wrapping around my energy body or my bubble of light. And I hold an intention or I say, and I ask that this golden crisscross mesh be breathable. So it lets positive energy in but prevents negative energy from coming in and allows any negative energy to leave. So that would be one example of how we can, as an empath, protect ourselves when going into crowded environments. Um, another way we can protect ourselves is to set an intention and call on our guides who are constantly with us and say, please assist me to not take on anyone's energy today as I go into this space. A third way um, is to, um, if we're feeling a bit funny, if we're feeling, we're picking up feelings and it doesn't feel good, we can simply say isolate and release all energy that's not mine. Take a deep breath in and as we breathe out, intend to let it go. And if we repeat that three times 
that usually does the trick for me. Yes. So that's the way I do it. That's the way I teach people. You know, I teach people what I use myself personally. And I'm very, very mindful about where I'm going and what the crowd might be. I do a lot of speaking, public speaking. So I make sure I've got my mesh on. I make sure I set my intention. Um, and so that I'm not feeling the audience. And because the energetic world responds straight away to our intention, it's a very powerful way to stay protected, but still be in the world. So we don't have to stay at home and not go out anywhere because, we're, you know, we're missing out on life if we do that. Absolutely. And I think one of the, the challenges that I had was people would use language and you'd be in conversation and they would say one thing, but that didn't that didn't match what I was feeling. So intuitively what I was feeling, I knew that what they were saying wasn't true and they weren't being honest, but I had to take the words that they were saying. I couldn't just say, I know that you're lying, even though I did know that they were lying. And so it, it, um, it was almost like an internal gaslight. I would gaslight myself and go, no, you, you know, you're being silly or you, you know, you, you're making that up in your head, but eventually that truth would come out and I was right, you know? And so, uh, I'm sure you've had experiences like that and you probably talk to train coach all of those things people who are who are actively in a world that um, encourages uh, not truth talk let's say and so you know getting them to trust what they feel regardless of what they're hearing and and even seeing even on a global scale what we're seeing is not you know a lot of that is illusion it's not truth and so I'd be interested on your thoughts about that. Yeah, it's a really good point to make because as an empath and for any empaths or sensitives out there listening to this, it's very it, we have this added challenge, I would call it, of being able to feel when someone's lying. We yeah. can feel the resonance of it. We can feel the disconnect between the words and their energy. So we know that people are lying it's hard to be in a relationship because we know when the person's lying, but often we will um, negate ourselves. Like you said, gaslight myself will often override our intuition and try to believe the other person. And yes. so that's one of the challenges that we have as empaths and sensitives. Um, for me, I reconcile that these days by having a compassion for people and understanding there's really a time and a place. And for most people, there isn't those safety, um, safe environments in the corporate world for people to actually be real. Because yeah. even though people say, you know, oh, let's let's bring our real self to work, you know, our whole self to work, let's have a well-being um program. That in reality, there still isn't um, the psychological and emotional safety in the workplace that is being created by most organizations in their culture for people to have more honest, authentic conversations. And if they did, it's most likely that they wouldn't be heard and that they would be gaslighted for speaking up, for speaking truth. So yeah. it's... Um, it's a very difficult one, and I think more conversations need to be had like this in the workplace, not to blame people, because 
we don't get anywhere. We just get into separation if there's blame. But just to help people understand that if we create these psychologically safe environments in the corporate world, we're going to actually get much more from our staff and our employees. And we're going to have better retention. We're going to be able to attract staff much easier if yeah. we create this. And isn't it, wouldn't it be amazing if companies embrace this and be a leading force in this area People are going to be scrambling to work for those kinds of organizations. And yeah. I have a vision and I know that this will happen in the future. We are coming to this. And yeah. so I'm just really about encouraging these kinds of conversations. So thanks for bringing this conversation here. It's so important. Yeah, of course. And I think even just helping people understand how to manage through when they're being triggered, because ultimately people act out out of fear obviously, and and frustration and not feeling heard or seen and all of the things. And so helping them uh, navigate that internal, like it's almost like self-soothing through when you're being triggered so to not then project onto others. And then that's how you create that beautiful cohesion in those environments. To me, in the corporate sector, that's what's missing because as soon as you challenge somebody from a place of truth, not and and you know for me there were a lot of times where um you know i take full responsibility the the unawakened version of me was she was you know really ballsy and fiery and oh i'll show the world you know i had a chip on my shoulder i had a lot to prove i was working in a, a really male dominated industry i'd been um challenged by men a lot and so there was that that version of me would actively um you know, push the boundaries. But when the awakening happened and I was still in the corporate world and I, I became really self-aware and I understood my sensitivity, just being me was triggering people. And I still do that now. I say things and I don't even realise it, it's something and I can feel people like, you know, it hits them because I'm seeing I'm seeing who they are, I'm seeing their truth. And it makes them feel uncomfortable. And, and don't even get me started on what that's like from a dating perspective. We could have a chat about that separately. But in, in the corporate, in the work environment, sometimes I still feel like an alien because I know that I'm triggering them and I can feel them squirming and that I can tell that they want to run away. And mm. now uh, as I'm more confident and more comfortable with that process, I'll actually just call it out and I'll say to them, I know you want to run away. Like, I know that you want to shut down right now, but I need you not to because this is going to be the breakthrough and I'm here to support you. And I can do that and facilitate in that way. But mm -hmm. your, the work that you're doing with teams, how are you, you know, how are those conversations, how are they receiving that new operating model, if you will? Yeah, I call it inner development work. And so by languaging it in that way, it helps people lean into it a little bit more easier and yeah. so when I've worked in with teams in corporate in, in their offices um, it, when we language it in that way is it's inner development and that includes the the elements of self-reflection you know let's reflect on what my thoughts are what are my emotions here and talking about it in terms of emotional intelligence because People, those terms are now well accepted. Yes. It helps people start to turn inwards and reflect on their own dialogue. I also teach them about 100% responsibility, 
which is um, a really important um, strategy to have for life, but especially in, in business, in, you know, asking ourselves, well, if that's happening to me, what is it that I might be doing to contribute to that? What is it, you know, I'm I'm not right all of the time. And so where can I change my thoughts, my mindset, my emotions, my reactivity? And so it comes from a place of non-judgment, you know, helping people understand that you haven't done anything wrong. You've been doing your best, but hey, let's all up level together. And yeah. how we do that is through that inner development work, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to our colleagues, how we relate to the corporate world and how we relate to the greater world. And if we can work on those aspects, then we start to become more aware, more awake of what we are actually contributing. And we, you see, we can change our own thoughts and emotions and responses. We can go from reacting to responding with more awareness, yeah. but we can't change anyone outside of us. Nice. It's about learning and understanding that we, we can actually take control back and charge back of our life, of our destiny, of our career paths, if we turn inwards. And I call it an inside job. It's all yeah. an inside job. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, and then, you know, that point that you made about being compassionate with people at that level, I mean, when you look at having to go through that, um, those first stages of awakening and mindset shifting and, and, and really breaking those um, illusions down, they're, they're in the worst place right now to be doing that because you've, we've got mortgage rates going up through the Razoo, people have already overextended because they were led to be a part of a theme where, you know, you need the big house, you need all the, you know, material things. They've overextended themselves to the absolute limit. And now they don't, they've trapped themselves in a, in a prison. And so a lot of the time they're already unhappy in so many different components. They've probably got strains on relationship. They're probably very stressed about what's happening with their kids and what's happening in the school system and the way that they're being taught right now. There are so many components, let alone their own stuff. You know, I spend a lot, I'm sure you, you, you would probably feel the same. I feel grateful that I did mine, my sort of all of that work 10 plus years ago because to do it now, it just feels would feel so much harder. So I do feel that compassion and I do understand. And whilst there are moments where I wish I could shake some people and speed them along, it's not my journey to do that. And and being patient and, and really um, focusing on how you can continue to lead and transform is you know is at the forefront of my mind do you do you feel like that too yeah I absolutely agree and I believe compassion is the key um because without compassion then um it's hard enough it's very confronting to do that inner development work because hey I was a corporate lawyer I was successful I was traveling all over the world I was making a load of money I was working in the best law firms in the world yeah. my personality my ego self thought that it was going really well. And then when I had some realizations about, well, maybe there's no, I have some beliefs that aren't really serving me. It yeah. was very confronting. And so I understand because I've gone through that, how confronting it is, how difficult it is, especially in this today's environment. And even more so if you're in a work environment, 
you know, it's not the place to dive deep. It's yes. the place to start to learn a little bit more get a little bit more information have mm. a little bit more knowledge and then you can do with that what you will and you know I know that then some people who I've mentored in a group will come to me and ask for a one-on-one -on -one, and then we can do a bit more personal work and go a little bit deeper or come on a retreat or go on a retreat with someone else and you know do a little bit more self-investigation and self-growth and so it's it's having compassion for self and others because we're all doing our best all of the time. Otherwise, yes. we'd be doing better. Yeah, so well, that's, that's right. We're all always doing our best. And so understanding that we're all on different roads, we're all at different levels. No one is better than the other, but yeah. we can help each other way more if we can have compassion for ourselves as we grow and learn and then for others as, you know, the rest of humanity are growing and learning course i mean yeah like i said I, I just feel i feel i feel sad that they're, they're they've got all those additional things in, including you know the pandemic that we had and you know all of the shenanigans that continue with with that side of things it, it would feel um it would be very very scary and so uh yeah the compassionate approach is definitely the way to go even i mean we all have our moments where you know we we wish for change a bit faster but uh, you know, we're, we're on the ground doing that work. We're out there helping those people and we're activating them when we talk to them anyway. So they're already starting to see a little bit like you're bringing them to life and because you're shining the light back on them and showing them a different way and a different path, which is just so amazing. I, I mean, that the work that you're doing is incredible. And, and I heard you last year, I heard you speak and you know, you're in, like we, we've spoken, you're an undercover ninja like me too. You know, I know how to talk the corporate lingo and, and use sort of gentler language when I'm talking to people in that environment. And I noticed that you did that, but you also had a way and it was just so divine. You managed to say a few key things for me to know that you're an aware and awake and courageous change maker too. And I Straight away, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, shit. Like I knew what you were doing and how you were approaching things. And it's just, it's just incredible. Yeah, I just, I love, I really, truly love what you're doing.